Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our SoCal location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services. That's awesome. I'm excited. Well, hello, everyone. That was a great start. I'm feeling really charged up. Um, Happy Mother's Day. Um, We can dialogue back and forth. Good morning. Okay. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Savannah. If I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, um, I'm really stoked and honored to open the Word of God um, this morning together. Mm, She's loud. Okay, cool. We're just going to run. I'm just going to. Brian is the best. I'm just going to trust him with this. Um, Thank you, Nicole and Amy, for sharing that poem. That was really beautiful. And um, yeah, I know that this day means a lot of different things for a lot of different people. And so if this isn't just breakfast in bed for you with your children and celebratory um, feelings and warm fuzzies, and it actually is a little bit loaded, I just want you to know as an extension of our Hope family that your experience Um, matters here to our community, that you are not alone in your story. Um, But yeah, it matters to our community and also to God. So to the women in this room, I honor you and I see you today. Um, Can you guys hear me okay? Is everything good? We good, Chris? All right. Um, Well, for those of you who I haven't met, like I said, my name is Savannah. I'm really excited to jump in. Um, I want to start off by saying that I am no authority in the subject today that we are going to be jumping into. Um, I approach this message with humility and vulnerability, saying that I'm no CEO or expert. Um, But this is something that the Holy Spirit is doing in my life currently and transforming me in. So it is level ground at the foot of the cross. Amen? Amen? We all get to learn together and become like Jesus together. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, So I'm just going to pray. I think that's probably the best thing that we could do right now (laughs) is pray and invite the Holy Spirit to come and have his way in this room, in our city, in our hearts. And if you came today because your mom dragged you along, I'm so excited. Um, And if you came today to receive a word from God, if you came today with doubt or a little bit unsure what all this means, you're in a safe place. All of it is good. And I really believe that there's a personal and real God and Savior that wants to um, speak to your belonging today, speak to who you are, and encourage your spirit. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's pray. Oh my gosh, hi Kylie. Congratulations. She just got engaged. Woohoo! I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's pray together. Father, I just thank you so much for your presence. I thank you for your kindness. You are so good and you are so faithful. We thank you, Jesus, that your word is alive and active today, that, Father, you want to speak to us and highlight any part of us that is in desperate need of the Holy Spirit. I just have a visual in my head, a picture of dry land, not a desert, but there's just dry ground with gravel, and um, there is life shooting up from this land. There is flowers and little pieces of green that are starting to sprout forth, God, and I believe that that's what you're doing in our community and in our city. So, God, I just prophetically pray that over us today, that any part of us that is desperately um, in need of some rain (laughs) from your Holy Spirit, 
Would you come and reign on us today, God? Would you bring to life the dead things in us or the things that don't look like you? Lord, I give you my nerves. I give you the things that I have done my best to prepare with your word, Lord, and ask that um, you would do the work that you do, Jesus, which you speak to people's hearts. We just get to partner with you, and that is such a privilege. And so, God, I give you this time and ask the Holy Spirit you would have your way. We are so worthy of our praise and our adoration and our worship. So we pause right now, and we just say thank you. If you just want to say that in your own words to God, thank you. Thank you. You're so worthy. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Awesome. So, last week we jumped into a new series called Dwell. And um, also, I didn't acknowledge our online community, but good morning, everyone watching online. We're so excited that you're a part of our community. Um, so the next few weeks, we're going to be um, working out of the series called Dwell. It is from the passage Psalm 23, which is a very famous passage, um, as we look into holistic health through a biblical lens. The poet King David, who wrote Psalms, wrote out of a place of abiding health and being that was within reach of those who would seek it. So rather than a location or a place or a church, this idea of dwelling is a place of understanding God, ourselves, and the space that we get to inhabit together. So today, we're specifically going to be learning about how physical health has been made available to us in relationship with Jesus. We're going to be jumping around lots of different scriptures today. So keep your Bibles handy, your Bible apps ready to party um, as we dive into the Word. Naturally, this week, before preparing about physical health through biblical lens, guess who got sick? Me! But it's been cool because I got to spend a lot of time resetting, slowing down, and getting to know these scriptures for myself in a real way. So I'm really excited. Um, so what I feel like the Lord is asking me and asking us as a community this morning is first a question, and it's this. Have you ever experienced a disconnect between your spirituality and your everyday life? I'm going to repeat that question again for emphasis. Have you ever experienced a disconnect between your spirituality and your everyday life? Immediately pondering this question, I started to think of like funny practicals in my mind in spaces that I feel like we could use a lot more of God in them. The first thought was any road or highway in California at 5 p.m. and <laughs> surfing in Santa Cruz for the first time. So I am not local to Santa Cruz, bummer, I know, my tan would maybe say otherwise, but I um, grew up in the Bay Area, in San, right outside of San Francisco, and I surfed a little bit as a child, and then um, went to college, hadn't surfed in a really long time, and is anyone a surfer in this room? Hey, 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 awesome, I see you. Okay, so I came to Santa Cruz thinking, oh my gosh, I'm moving to Santa Cruz, this is going to be so cute. I'm going to be that girl. I'm going to be a surfer girl. I'm going to be so tan. I'm going to be in the water every day. This is going to be the best life for me. I thought it was going to be great. Um, <laughs> it wasn't. Um, so I came here not surfing in a really long time and then quickly realized how small I was in the water. You really learn your humanity and you learn how big God is when you throw yourself into a big body of water. But also, People are so different in the water, you guys. I don't know if you're a witness to this, but you'll be talking to somebody on the beach, having a good time. You get out into the ocean. If you're like me and you don't know how to move out of the way at the right time, not only will you almost die, 
but <laughs> you'll get really, you'll get people very angry and they'll bark you out of the water and I swear people lose all measure of salvation in the water. So it's a spooky place to be, but we're learning, we're getting better at surfing every day, thank you God. Um, if you ever wanna take me out surfing, God bless you, it will be an adventure, but it is very fun and I've gotten better a little bit. Um, shout out to Lauren. Oh, she's not, I don't think she's here in this service, but Lauren is God's special little warrior for taking me out surfing so many times. Um, but truthfully, today's message is going to circle back to that question again and again. Do I see a disconnect between spirituality and my everyday life? So if you want to write that down, write it into your head, tattoo it on your arm during the service. So let's open up our Bibles to the key verse that we're going to be reading out of um, for this whole series, which is Psalm 23, and I have my friend Jade. Everyone say Jade. She's going to come and read this passage with us because she's the best. Okay. Oh, you have it on your phone. Even better. Go for it. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for the, his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's give it up for Jade. Thank you. I'm going to repeat verses 5 and 6, and this is where we're going to dwell. See what I did there? This is where we're going to um, sit and meditate today. Um, so I'm going to read uh, verse 5 and 6 again. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So King David, who is assumed to have written this passage uses the word dwell in verse 6, and translated in Hebrew, it's yashab. Everyone say yashab. We're going to be conversating this morning. Um, so this translates to sit, to remain, and to be still. I just want to pause really quick and say this. Um, I believe that there's a deep move of God that is happening in our community currently, and I could almost boldly say that I know this to be true. Not just because every day I'm seeing lives transformed by the power and the beauty of the gospel, but because there's really real darkness in this community. It's heavy, and the enemy is spiritually pushing back on people, knowing and believing and walking in the hope of Jesus. I just feel, the, I just feel a sense in my heart to pause and to acknowledge that we live in one of the most beautiful places in the world, in my humble opinion. Santa Cruz is like a dreamland. There's the mountains, there's the forest, there's the weather. But the enemy is so sneaky. And I just feel it impressed on my heart today. Um, I'm going to share a lot of things, and we're going to read the Bible together, and maybe you'll take something from it. But I just want you to know that God has empowered you with the Holy Spirit and that there's a real enemy. In John 10, 10, it says that the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and life abundant. 
that there is, as much as there is this darkness that is prevailing, that we can feel. We feel it in Soquel. You can feel it sometimes in these services. There's a darkness pushing back on us knowing the truth of God because what happens when we know and we believe the hope of Jesus, it changes the freaking world. So I just want to acknowledge and say that if you're feeling some tension or some weirdness, I am too, but I think it's because the enemy doesn't like people being transformed by the Holy Spirit because it's going to do a lot of really good work in our community, friends. And what would happen if Santa Cruz County not only knew the love of Jesus, but had people with the Holy Spirit dwelling in them, seeping into every moment, every interaction, every encounter in the water? (laughs) It would change people's lives, don't you think? Okay. Just needed to pause for a second. Okay. So when we talk about biblical, physical health, The verse that comes to mind for me, and might also for you if you've been in church for a while, is 1 Corinthians 6, 13 through 20. So if you want to open up your Bibles to that, um, I just want you to buckle up, Buttercup, because Paul doesn't hold back here. He goes in. He gets straight to the point. This is kind of one of those tough love moments in Scripture that um, can be kind of like uncomfortable for us, but it's because it's about a sensitive thing, and it's about something that matters to us and to God. You guys ready? Can you handle it? Yeah, okay. Okay, you say, food for the stomach and stomach for the food. God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in the body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. And we're going to emphasize on this part of the passage. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor honor God with your bodies. Okay, so this passage is loaded. (laughs) Paul doesn't hesitate. He goes right in. He speaks to our relationship with our bodies and how that connects to God, and he gets a little touchy. Um, He urges us to lay down our physical selves to the Lord as what? A sacrifice? Why? Because we were bought at a price. The greatest price Jesus dying on the cross kind of price. So we could go deeper into this passage altogether as a community and speak solely on sexuality and God's design. Luckily, we're not going to be doing that this morning. But I would encourage you to read 1 Corinthians some more and um, let the Lord speak to you about what it is he would want for our design and our bodies when it comes to sexuality. But what I want us to look at is that something like sexuality, a physical exchange that we in our society and in our Western world have taken full ownership of, the thing that we choose for ourselves to control what we want to do with, what we want to do with it, how we want to do with it, who we want to do with it, is the very thing that Jesus wants. Why? Is this because he's a controlling God and he likes to take all the fun and joy and pleasure from our lives? No, he placed it there. Plot twist, God created sex. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that in church. (laughs) But it's true. It's because he's a loving and intentional father, and he designed everything, friends, big and small, from how we interact with our neighbor 
to how we view our sexuality to be worship. We were designed for worship. Can we say that all together as a community? We were designed for worship. If that is the only thing that you walk away with from this message and all my nerves and weirdness, let it be this, that we were designed from the beginning with our minds and our spirits and our bodies to worship God and to worship our creator. So you might be thinking, okay, cool, Savannah, what does that mean? What does that actually mean? Does God want me to get absolutely shredded in the gym? How do I honor him physically with my body? There's lots of different things. <laughs> There's lots of different ways, but I could break it down into three points that maybe would connect with you or stick with you. So if you want to write these down, I don't think they're going to be up here. Oh my gosh, they are. Dustin, you're so awesome. Oh my gosh. God's favor right there. <laughs> Just kidding. He doesn't have favorites. Anyways, um, the first is reconnect your worship. <laughs> the second is remember whose you are. And the third is reposition to his design. When we are asking ourselves the question, how do I worship God physically? How do I alter my life to honor him and to worship him? Reconnect your worship, remember whose you are, and reposition to his design. I love what Romans 12 in the message paraphrase says. I'm going to read it for us. It's, it's just like a unique and fun take at what I feel like God is getting at in this message, and it's this. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, your ordinary life, your physical life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, your walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can, you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you, and he develops well-formed maturity in you. Amen. So if there is a disconnect for us, and I'm saying if, oh man, that could have been really bad. Thank you, God. Um, <laughs> if there's a disconnect for us, which I'm, I know that there is, because friends, like I said earlier in this message, I'm speaking from a place of vulnerability. Can I get a little real with you this morning? This has been a very hard couple of months, and there's been a disconnect for me. I, I know this is a part of our spiritual walk and our relationship with Jesus. It isn't all like sunshines and, sunshine and rainbows, right? We experience these deep questions and we ponder the heart of God. Is he really for me? Does he love me? Is he really inviting me in? Does he know what's going on in these areas of my life? Like, did he, like, close his eyes for a second? Like, what's going on? So I know that this disconnect is true in my life, and so I could say it with confidence for you that if there's a disconnect, and our lives are over here, right? We have our relationships and our dreams, our choices, our hopes, our innermost desires. We have our friendships, we have our sex life, we have CrossFit, we have our Netflix subscription, the list goes on. And then in this corner, we have God. We have that song we really like that they sing on Sunday that Chris and Amy just rocked. And we have, you know, our church homies right here. And God dwelling in me feels different in this area than it does here. 
there is a disconnect. Does that make sense? So we need to reconnect in our lives. And that's what I want to offer to you today as an invitation from the Holy Spirit. He offers us a reconnect. And why? Why is this important? Because this is our original design. In the beginning, what is that book? What is that from? What book is that from? Genesis. Thank you guys for participating and being in this conversation together. In Genesis, God created man and woman, and there was perfect communion with them in the garden. When sin entered, some would say this is when there became a separation or a disconnect between secular and sacred. There is an amazing book that we're reading as a leadership team. It's called The Fourth Place. It's very heady. It's a little bit layered, nuanced, but I'm going to read a portion of it that I feel like will speak to our original design and how God wants us to reconnect every corner of our lives, the darkest bits, the parts that feel the most disconnected from God, the parts that we're angry at him about, that we feel like he's not present in, all the way down to our practical and how we love our neighbor, okay? So this is a part of that book. I'm going to read a portion of it, and it says, In the Garden of Eden, there was no center to worship. Worship was mobile. There were no physical temples in Eden. Worship didn't have a particular place. Worship had every place. Worship was integrated into all of life. God is omnipresent everywhere at all times. Wherever Adam and Eve walked in the garden, there was worship. Wherever Adam and Eve played, ate, sang, loved, laughed, there was worship. Worship needed no physical temple, no fourth place, no center. Adam and Eve were continually connected with God, with each other, with creation itself. In the beginning, there was no division between sacred and secular, no Christian music versus non-Christian music. There was just music, non-qualified music. There were no holy buildings. Garden, mountain, river were all holy. There were no priests. No one was closer to God than anyone else. In Eden, we didn't need religious activities to please God. Work pleased God. Sex pleased God. Taking care of all the natural environment pleased God, and he called it all good. All of life was integrated. All of life was worshipped because every sphere of life was connected to God and aligned with him, the source of life. But then we lost our connection. Mic drop. Doesn't Eden sound really special? Kind of perfect. I picture we all have, I don't know what your choice of beverage would be, but mine would be a Diet Coke, just like lingering in the garden with God. This perfect space and communion, even though sin entered the scene and there's a disconnect, like an antenna that got broken off, guess who God sent so that we could reconnect our lives every single corner with him again? Jesus. And then who did Jesus send? Yes, you guys are so good at this. The Holy Spirit. God is so loving and personal that he wants to integrate back into our lives, our souls, and our minds and be a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. So this leads us to another question similar to the first. Where have I evacuated spirituality from a present and physical moment? When did I decide that God was not present or was absent from something that I've been walking through? feel like there might be people in this room that believe that God has something better to do than to be intricately woven into the corners of your life, into the choices that you have to make on the day-to-day. But that's a lie, friends. He wants everything to do with your life. 
And this isn't just for us to be these walking vessels, walking around, sharing the love of Jesus, feeling really connected to God, feeling all warm and fuzzy inside. Why does this matter? Because the world needs to know Jesus. Because there's generations to come that could be affected by you reintegrating the Holy Spirit back into your day to day. And guess what? It's so easy. It's really easy. And if there's any ounce of shame in this room, like, oh my gosh, I haven't cracked open that Bible in a really long time. Oh my gosh, I haven't really engaged in a spiritual conversation with God or with my neighbor in a long time. Let me just rest you assured today that um, it's a really easy reconnect. All it is is saying yes to God. He just wants our invitation. He values consent. So if we put up a boundary, he will honor it. But he also honors our invitation. Amen? Psalm 22 says, God inhabits the praises of his people. All he needs is our invitation. We are fools if we think that any part of our lives are okay being separate from the Holy Spirit. We need God. I need God. It's our original design to need God. So returning back to these three points. The first one, do we remember what it was? Reconnect our worship. How do we reconnect our worship? We get quiet. We find spaces where the noise isn't so loud of our own thoughts and our own selves and our own selfishness. For me, it's running. I'm doing a half marathon next weekend. Plug. But that has been the hardest experience for me because it's been such a spiritual experience for me training for this race. It takes a lot for us to quiet our minds and our spirits, especially if you're someone like me. Maybe it's the ocean. Maybe it's being outside. Maybe for you it's just unplugging from the things that are just tearing at your soul. But letting our lives move around the voice in the spirit of God takes effort. It takes us asking God, how do we return back to the garden where you and I have perfect communion, where you could lead my every step in my every day? And if you don't have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you today, and this is your first time in church, I hope I'm not freaking you out, but there's an invitation for you. All it takes is for us to say, God, please come and have your way and dwell in me. Pour out into the way that I speak to the people around me. Please guide my decision-making. We would be so bad at making decisions on our own if we didn't have the Holy Spirit leading us. I would not be here. We get to invite God into every corner of our lives, and he does his thing by being God, and he leads it. How do we remember whose we are? 1 Corinthians 6, returning back to that verse. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Remember that God made you with design and purpose and delight. You don't belong to yourself, but a God who fought for you. So often for me, asking myself the question, if I'm feeling insecure or I don't feel like God is really like moving in my life and I'm just feeling like disconnected, remembering that I'm a child of God and that the Holy Spirit dwells in me and that all it takes is for me to invite him to come and reconnect back with me, to open the word and to bring life back into my soul, it happens in minutes, friends, and I remember why I'm here. There might be people in this room that are really questioning why you're here. Can I just tell you that God has you here for a purpose? This is a very simple message, very simple gospel. We're really not getting that nuanced. God loves you and you're here for a purpose. If there's brokenness in me that needs to be repaired, to see myself again as the Imago Dei, the image of God, 
a home for the Holy Spirit, all I have to do is ask that God would remind me. And he does that through scripture, like 1 Corinthians 6. And how do we reposition to his design? Sunflowers are one of my favorite flowers of all time. Um, do you know what is so unique about them? Is that everything about them points back to their design and their natural nature, how God as creator designed them. They chase the sun. Wherever the sun is shining, they grow really tall. And they point, this is me being a sunflower. <laughs> And they point their face to the sun. <laughs> Just a little acting for us this morning. <laughs> Wherever the sun is shining, they grow tall and then point their face toward it. Isn't that a picture for us of what we get to do when things are getting a little murky? We just position ourselves back to the sun of God. See what I did there? Sun, sun. God is so cool. Okay, so in light of Mother's Day, I'm going to share with you a conversation that I've had with my mom. It's an ongoing conversation. I wish I had a picture of her I could throw up, but she's an absolute queen. Um, I don't deserve her. I'm very grateful for her. Um, my mom is one of those people that exudes Jesus, and she knows she was made to worship. Whether or not she has the best singing voice, that woman will worship God. <laughs> and she's taught me to do the same. Um, <laughs> Jesus is integrated into every part of her day. Do you have someone in your life that you can think of that you can just immediately think of and you're like, oh, Jesus is like a huge part of their life? That is my mom. She has Jesus integrated into every part of her day. She will often be found gardening in her yard, thanking God, reconnecting with him in the soil, in the earth, or she makes strangers in Starbucks feel like, they have purpose again, and they can do anything that they set their minds to. After just one conversation with her, she's that kind of mom. And she often asks me a question, this question to this day. Whenever I come to her with worry, unsure of what to do, unsure of how to honor God, I'm unsure of how in my day-to-day -day life to be someone that um, is pleasing to Jesus, like I said, the last few months have been a little bit gnarly, a little bit heavy. So I've come to my mom a lot. And looking for an answer, what does my mom respond back with instead? Savannah, what do you think the Holy Spirit is saying? How is he leading you? He's in you. He speaks to you. You question it too much. Do you think he wants to restore people today and you could partner with him in that? And I'm just like, are you freaking kidding me, mom? I just want you to tell me everything's going to be okay, which she does. But <laughs> think about those questions. Savannah, what do you think the Holy Spirit is saying? How is he leading you? He's in you. You doubt him too much. Do you think he wants to restore people today and you could partner with him in that? These are good questions to ask ourselves. That's changed everything for me. Something about living life for Jesus is our focus constantly has to be readjusted. We have to reposition our design to remember that it's really not about us. God is kind enough to be intricate, intricate and um, want to be integrated into every corner of our lives, but he wants to point us back to people. What restoration does God want to do through you today, through the Holy Spirit dwelling in you today? We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God. The cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways that you can get connected here at Hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at Hope, we'd love to help you find a home. 
please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at discoverhope.church. Lastly, we give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers and donations to support this ministry. If you'd like to give to the Mission of Hope Church, you can select the Give option on our website or text any amount to 831-800-2060. Thanks again for tuning in.